Hello and welcome to the Hellas Football Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen, and joining me today is Nico. How are you, mate? Good, as I was just saying to you, uh, long weekend coming up for us in good old Sydney. Michael's the same up in, in Brisbane. Uh, bring it on and another eventful. Like, it's never a dull moment in Greek football, but wow, this was eventful. The, the, this midweek round of fixtures, wow. Hello, yeah, Michael's here too, um, and I assume I oh, I know what you're going to say, Michael. <laughs> this is your first line of the podcast. Go on, say it. I know see, what you're going to say. You see, you see my smile, boys. Yeah, you see my smile. <laughs> yeah, three, two, one. Greek football, the gift that keeps on giving. Yep, and there were many <laughs> gifts. Oh, many gifts yeah, in, in the, this week. In this many gifts. Fixtures. Many gifts. There are many gifts. Yes. Yeah, and we'll gifts everywhere. Gift, gift for you. <laughs> gift for you. Gift over there. And we'll, you know, gifts we'll certainly, <laughs> we'll certainly get into the gifts that were given in the in this round of the Super League. But before we go to that, guys, uh, well, I mean, I guess this is technically a, a gift to, from you guys to us because we are very grateful uh, for the fact that we have now hit ten thousand followers on Twitter. So. Thank you so much to everyone who's supported the page since it's, uh, since it's, uh, it, how many years now has it been, Nigor? Because you're one of the originals, hey, weren't you? I was, yeah, one one of the originals at the time. We've had it for seven years, so we we took it over when it was about six hundred of followers. Yeah, so a huge achievement. That's a credit to to everyone. Like everyone pulls their weight. You with, I mean, you look, you're killing it with the BBC stuff as well. Like that's phenomenal and. And, you know, with the podcast and hosting, George, the early days, really, really, it was the podcast. is his baby, really. Everyone, Christian, Greeks abroad, he took it to a whole new level. Michael, he's the, the Greek Fabrizio Romano. Uh, if I'll be here all day mentioning everyone, we'll be here till midnight. <laughs> yeah, so thank you so much, everyone, for helping us hit 10,000 followers because it is a massive achievement for us. And we couldn't have done it without everyone, you know, supporting all the different platforms that we uh, that we have all of the different um, posts and blogs that we do, and especially the uh, the podcast in particular, which we have started, I think, uh, coming up to three or so years ago. And and it, 2020 yeah. season, wasn't yeah. it during the COVID lockdown? Season, it was. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you so much. We are internally grateful for the support you've given us. And, you know, and the sky's the limit. We keep on going with this because it's what we love doing and we do it for the, for the fun of it because we love Greek football um and all of the controversies that come with it and so let's with that being said let's dive in um so the first yeah. round of, of the first game of fixtures uh Bonadoli Gos 1-1 with Offi um Mila um Malis got the uh, goal in the 10th minute to put Bonadoli Gos ahead uh Luis Philippe scored 10 minutes later and that was how it uh, ended um a 1-1 draw is it it's not really the uh, terrible result for Banadoli Gos because Ofi a tough team to play against but at the same time uh, they didn't have the um, session was... much improved performance um, yeah. after after the words that I gave to Banadoli Gos last episode but this was a massive improvement it's just um, uh, they just come away with a draw um, if only that in if only the way they considered the goal to Ofi I mean Nice finish from Felipe, um, but they got that was just that that was a schoolboy errors. You, you don't ball watch, you don't ball watch like that in the box. Just 
put your foot in, get the ball. Like it was simple as that. They're just ball watching. Like seriously, um, they need to improve on their defending. That that was just ridiculous, the way they conceded that goal. They could have won this game. Yep. And, and that um, leaves, yeah, that, that the same for Offie too. Win. The same for Offie too. Mm. Um, they had their chances, um, and they should have converted them. So, uh, to put it to short story short, um, the draw is the fair result. Um, either side could have won. So okay. there you go. We we were praising Offie for their start to the season, but they've had Atromitos at home and Panatolikos away, and they failed to win either one of those. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. They're still so sixth. It's been though, a bad, bad week or so, you'd say, for, for Offie. Yeah, I mean, you'd still, I guess, considering they've only lost once this season, I, you, you could argue that they are still having a good start. It's just those last two performances weren't great. But then if they lose again or don't get another result that they probably should exactly. get, then that's when you can say, them, okay, they're starting to lose a bit of form now. But, you know, credit to them for their good start to the season because, as, as we all know, the last few seasons, they've had terrible starts to the season and got a bit... Uh, taking a bit too long to get going to try and contend for the playoff places. So you never know. They're, 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 they're doing better than they did last season at this point, at least. Um, Banadolikos, the opposite, doing way worse than last season at this point. Um, so, yeah, they need they need to be careful because they still haven't won in how many how many other games it's been now? In well, six, six games. No, five for them. Five games five. for them. Yeah, five for them. Um, so, you know, ho- hopefully they'll be able to get some wins under their belts very soon. Um, next game, Gifishia drew 1-1 with Lamia. So, uh, Mateus Acuna for um, Lamia actually scored first in the 84th minute. And then, in the fifth minute of added time, Lumor. Just say Lumor. Lumor. Fine, Lumor, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Lumor scored in the 95th minute to equalise. And then uh, Gifishia had a sending off as well. Um just a minute later so you know the game was pretty much done by then i don't know how much out of time there was for this game but um, it was six minutes it was so literally at the end at the very end of the game he was he went um so looking at the table here i mean they're they're not too far off each other they're a point lamia has a point ahead of them doesn't do a whole lot i guess lamia's had an okay start to gifisia yeah, it doesn't really do much for either team, in all honesty. Any thoughts well, on this? The highlight is Lumor's goal. Um, yes, apart goal from that, I've got to that's, mention that. Goal Lots of the round, that's for sure. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that is just unbelievable. Um, you don't see that. You that, that that That's not the first time they've scored a goal like that this season so far. That... That um, two goals against they scored two goals like that against Volo, I think, or was it against Basianina in the fir- in their first game of the season? Yeah, um, seems like they know how to score screamers. Um, and Lamour comes up with another one. There's literally no stopping that. Like, man, he put some power into that and got the equalizer. I think I think that's how you score. That's how you score an equalizer in the last minute. That that was just unbelievable. Um. But definitely a goal of, se- goal of the season contender right there. Um, yeah, you, you would feel you would feel like Gifishaw should have won this game, considering how many shots um, they racked up in the whole match. Twenty-two shots on goal. Um, I believe eleven were on target. 
and so they had a 50 50 percent um shot shot on target ratio um and then there's Lamir with 10 shots so you would feel like if Michelle should have won the game um yeah they come they come away with a draw and yeah that's how that's that's all that's all she wrote yeah, you know what? I haven't. I can't say I've watched a million of um, a million like time games of of these teams. You know, Bansaragos and Gifisia. The amount of shots these teams are taking it's it's not something I've I think I've ever seen before in the Super League with promoted sides. They're actually playing some not not incredible football, but entertaining enough at least. And they and they're not trying to just put ten man ten men behind the ball every game they play because they know they have to try and stay up. They're actually trying to beat the teams around them and take it to the bigger bigger boys and i think it's it's good to see actually because it's it ni- it's nice to see them not go into every game with a bit with fear they're trying yeah. to at least get some good results and stay up and to their credit at least um they recruited well um at least they improved in in their depth and all that and they got some greeks playing too yanis masuras and you know who once had the potential to become something good he, he's now at Kifishia nowadays and ever since he joined the club he's putting in some performances um uh he's a former he's a former boy in my club and so is yours steve um yes he was yeah he's yeah, he's kicking he's kicking along doing well ninis is at the club as the old white head wise head there <laughs> you know so he's he's doing some bits in the locker room um he's not playing much um which is you know, in unfortunate in some ways, but then again, as I said, he's an old wise head with a pedigree of experience. Um, he can help the locker room, and he's keep he's keeping um, things stable there. And their coach is none other than Yanis Anastasiou. You know, in the past he's he's been criticised, but he's doing well so far with Kipishar, and credit to him too. He's got them playing nice football. Um, I mean, if we want to talk about Lamia side of things, yeah, sure. I mean, we just, yeah, um, they're, they're doing well on their end too, and as we've just heard, um, as of yesterday, they signed former Russia international Alan Zagoev. That is big. That is a big signing for Lamia. Um, probably their biggest since they joined the since they joined the Super League. For, yeah. 14 year spell at CSKA Moscow, 59 caps for Russia. What more can you ask from this guy? Like, comes in with a wealth of experience. Let's just hope he's not in Greece for a, ho- for a holiday and Lamia utilize him properly. Because I'll tell you something else Lamia do have a player named Zoran Tosic. And Tosic and Zagoev played. Him. They played. They played together in Moscow for so many years. And Zagoev revealed in his statement, uh, in his opening statement for Lamia, um, that Tosic convinced him to join. So that's quite interesting. Okay. So it seems like um, they're going to link up once again and become that force, uh, that force that they showed in Moscow. So with Lamia, yeah, yes, Zag- you mentioned him that back. When remember because this wasn't an overnight thing, they were linked with him a few weeks back. Remember, on deadline I day, I heard. Then, yeah, I heard he, it on he, deadline day. Remember Euro two thousand and twelve? He was a gun back then. Yeah, yeah. and he was top. He was a golf scoring machine. I think he finished top scorer in the tournament, if I'm mistaken. He may have. 
he, did he play? He, I think he even played against Greece in that game, didn't he? When Garaguni scored yes. the goal on halftime, I think he played in that game, the one 0 win. Yes, he did. Yeah, he did. Yes, he did. I remember. And and they have uh, Carlitos as well, Lamia. They've actually started to get some really good forward players, which is for that for you know for for Lamia that's impressive uh, because you wouldn't normally see these kind of former top level professionals playing for Lamia. You'd see them, you know, if they're not at Olympiakos, Panthinaikos, Aigo, Balk, they would maybe go to Aris or go to uh, Madromitos, but not not Lamia. So it's actually really impressive they managed to get him. And like you said, Michael, there's that link with Tosic as well. Um, yeah. So credit yeah. to Lamia. They're, they're recruiting some really also, um, players. Also, um, Sid Clay, who played for Pauk um, on loan. So yes. he's yes. at Lamia too. I mean, I mean, he's not the best of left backs, but for someone, for a club like Lamia to pull him off, that's impressive in itself. Um, and there was another one too. I forgot his name. Uh, well, my, my mind's gone blank. Uh, oh, that's right. Pedro Amaral, uh, another decent left back from Portugal. Um, I think he's coming from Saudi Arabia, um, but he's had a decent spell at Rio Ave, um, the club that Samaris used to play for. But nowadays he's playing in Brazil. Um, Samaris. I mean, we can talk about that another day. That's his own. That's his own career choice. But yeah. Pedro Pedro Amala, Amaral for Lamia is, is another impressive signing. So Lamia. They've they've had an underrated summer. Like it's they've gone under the radar that that club, in terms of their signings. Mm. Uh, yeah, for sure. And and like we said, it's I guess I guess it despite both teams playing good football, maybe not the result they both wanted. And I guess they both they'll move on to the net to the weekend of fixtures and try and get something else from there. Um, next is Balk three 0 winners over Volos, Guliaragis. Despite the fact he's a centre-back, he's scoring goals, apparently. Um, Thomas Murg then scored just before half-time. And then, to Elaine's surprise in the chat, uh, Samata scored as well in the 55th minute uh, <laughs> to give Balk a very comprehensive win over Volos, who were having an awful start to the season, as we said previously. And they're now bottom of the table um, as well. <laughs> so, yeah, good win for Balk. Um, and, yeah, showing up a lot of the other... Uh, Greek teams with the talent that they've got, you know, Guliarakis scoring in this game and Gon- and Gonzandelia scoring two in the previous game as well. So good for good for Balk, good win for them. Any yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Um, very routine win. Um, pretty. It was it was easy going from the gets from the start. Uh, Steve um, Volos pretty much showed. Next to nothing, um, they look. Things are not looking good for Volo. Um, but the thing, the, the one thing with Volo is they have more Greeks in their squad than they did last season, and many of it, many of them are youngsters. So, I mean, their head coach uh, Bratos, I know he has, um, he has a liking to playing, giving youngsters. Uh, more of a chance in the first team. Uh, he likes develop them, developing them more. Um, I think that's what he's trying to do there. But do you really want to do that now? Like you got to play the best of your best. Um, but yeah, well, what can you do? I mean, in regards to Vola, they're linked with Daniel Ayala, former Middlesbrough, Blackburn Rovers, as well as Liverpool uh, player. 
Uh, and him, yeah. Yeah, um, linked with them. Uh, good move, yes. Is he someone they need? Yes. Um, will he help them out? Certainly not. Um, they got a whole lot. They got a whole lot to fix at the moment. Bulk, on the other hand, as I said, it was easy from the start, and they did exactly what they had to do: win this game and look forward to the next for the derby against Panathinaikos. So they're heading into the derby with some momentum, which is which is um great on their part. And Luchesk is doing they, all the right things at the moment. Yeah. They won that game last season at Leofordos. The regular yes. season derby at Leofordos, they won it. So hard, very hard game. Even harder than last season for us. As I said a few days ago when we were last on, I think Bulk have improved this season. Much improved. Ab- yeah. Absolutely. I think I think it's because when they exited the Conference League um, early last season, that's where they got the wake-up call and, you know, they just said, you know what, this season we're going to go all out. And that's exactly what they've done. They made some smart signings um, and they're playing good football. And Zivkovic is, is on fire. You have Thomas Murg having a, a career renaissance. It was He was once out of favour by... Uh, by Balk, and he was being sent out on loans here and there. Um, but he's having a career race, renaissance. He's getting his chances. He's scoring goals, which is nice to see because I think Thomas Mordig is actually a decent player. Um, but other than that, it's nice It's nice to see Balk um, playing some great football and not play the rubbish that they've dished up in the past before. So it's good to see. Yeah, and, and and on top of that, like I said before, they're giving Greek, young Greeks opportunities as well. Um, and it, I think I think Balk deserves the praise they get for all of the uh, opportunities they give to you know the likes of Guliarakis and and Gonzantelias currently. Um, but I guess it's also the fact that because other Greek clubs don't do that or don't do it in the right way, Balk are doing what an average club should be doing in an average European league. But because it's Greece, they're doing well. If <laughs> you get what I mean, so good, good on Very Balk. True. Yeah, good on Balk for 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 giving those opportunities because they look good, and that's for the future of the ethnic in particular. It's important uh, that these Greek players get first team opportunities. I mean, I mean to be fair to Volos, like you said, Michael, they're giving their Greek players opportunities, but they, yeah, they're not looking so great. It's not down to their Greek players specifically, but it's just in general they're. It's not working for them, is it? And they, they have like some good young players. You know, they have Galagiaropoulos on loan from Olympiagos. They have Godzis um, from us as well on permanently. Um, they have a few really solid young players. But is that is? do you think that they lack experience? Do they not have enough experience in that squad to maybe continue the good work that they did last season? They, it's not the time to gel them in. Is what the point is the point I'm trying to make, Steve. It's you got to have a mix of experience in there, and there is experience. I'm, I'm don't get me wrong, there is experience, but are those players good enough to help these youngsters grow their game? That's the question. And so far, from what I'm seeing, from what I'm seeing with Volo, it's not the case. So things must change quickly if they want to get top six again this season because um yeah things are looking very very slim at the moment for them yeah it's looking bleak for volos and especially without having a win and and from a team that 
you know, was 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 performing such at such a good level last season, and now they're just complete opposite end of the table. So let's see what happens to them. Uh, next game, Olympiagos, four-one winners over Aris, a game that a lot of people, myself included, were worried about because Aris caused us issues last season, made us lose points and lose managers too. Uh, in so <laughs> yeah, good. It was good to see Olympiagos kind of go through the gears in this one because we went ahead. In the first half, uh, a bit of an unfortunate own goal, but the pressure from Costas Fortunis and Masuras was there. So g- good to go ahead um, at half time. But then at the beginning of the second half, Ruben Pardo scored um, an equaliser, uh, which kind of made everyone, including myself, a bit concerned that they would come back. And they nearly came back. I don't know how they missed that uh, that chance. There was a chance where Pascalakis was off his line they had an open goal. It hit the post and it went and it, it rebounded back out again. It could have very well been 2-1 to Aris, but Olympiagos went through the gears. Martinez made some good uh, substitutions. Um, and then El Cabiz scored in the just after the hour mark. And then he got another one eight minutes later to make it 3-1. And then super sub Stefan Jovetic um, combined with Pep Biel, who also missed an absolute sitter, but that's Pep Biel. Um, but Jovetic scored the fourth to make it 4-1. So good win for Olympiagos. We stay top of the table and I'm pleased that we got over our bugbear. That is Aris. Uh, any thoughts from you guys, boys? Solid win. Um, you guys are playing, you know, uh, great football um, under Martinez. M- Martinez... You know, I always, I actually thought he was a really good, good appointment from the start. But then again, you got alongside, you got he's got alongside uh, Cordon, um, the technical director. So, uh, you guys have um, been very smart over the summer, and it's so far, um, it's paying off. But you still have a couple of issues that you need to solve, and that's bits of your defense mm. still, still a bit shaky. Um, but then, but then again, you still have an all-round solid team. You've got the depth there. You've got everything good going. Um, yeah, you just you're top of the table. So what's stopping you? El 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 Cabby, like really, see, he's a monster so at the moment. He's so good. And you know yeah. the funny thing is, Michael. Even after the Freiburg game, where he could have scored a hat trick, people were saying that the El Cabby should not be the starting striker for Olympiagos. And I can't believe that people said that. And and they're proving, they're pr- he's proving them wrong now. I mean, what a player. And on a free transfer as well, that's an absolute steal. Um, and he, yeah. you know, if, if, if there was ever an heir to El Arabi, it's El Kabi, who's ironically also from Morocco. But it's also the link up with Podence. Podence has been brilliant since he's come and he's not fully back yet. He's not 100%, but the the amount of chances created he's he's uh, he's created sorry you know he scored as well uh, in in the last game uh, solbakken as well is looking like a really solid player he's not fully there yet either but he's looking like a good player and this is what we missed last season having really expansive wingers and having gostas fortunis in the middle and he's you know i could sing fortunis's praises till the cows come home he's he's brilliant um but like you said and i said this in the chat as well it's not a huge issue with the defence, but I think that, you know, after defending Freya and then him, ironically, then committing an absolute howler against Freiburg. Uh, um, uh, let me add in, Steve. Freya yeah. is horrific. He's, he's horror. Like, 
I would cancel his loan right now if I was Olympiacos. Cancel it now Put it... and re-sign Socrates, you know? <laughs> re-sign Socrates. I mean, yeah, why not? Why not, man? I mean, look, I, I think... I don't think it's a big, big issue because he has players around him who are covering for him. You know, Santiago Heze also played this game despite wearing a mask after the, like, basically grievous bodily harm he was given in the Europa League last week. Um, and was brilliant and covered really well. And Retzos, despite his mistake in the Europa League 2, has come back and looked good again. Fry is an interesting one because he actually set up the... So for the fourth goal, he set up a beautiful pass for Biel to be out in space for Biel to then pass it to Jovetic. So you can see what his qualities are. He's a good ball player and he and he ha- did make some really good tackles and he was a little bit better in this game than he has been prior. But... He is a he. He feels like he's starting to become a bit of a liability, and I, you know, I'm happy to admit that I was wrong about him because I defended him until the Freiburg game, and now I'm uncertain. And I want and I want Doi to play next to Retzos, but maybe Doi is not. It's a bit young. I don't know what what Martinez is thinking. I'm not questioning Martinez. I don't think he's done anything wrong, and the mistakes that were committed previously are not Martinez's fault. Um, but Freya needs to kind of step up because, like you said, Olympiagos. I don't think it's going to be as um, it's not going to be as cutthroat as last season. You know, you make one mistake, you're never playing for us again. He's He played this game after making a terrible mistake. But I do think that if another big error like this happens, he's gone. And I don't think we're going to sign him permanently. His contract will, his uh, loan deal will not be continued, whether it be in January or the end of the season. Um, and it's it's something we do need to keep an eye on. But it's not a huge, huge issue, I don't think. Uh, despite the fact I've just said all that, I don't think it's a massive issue because we we look so much more solid as a unit. But in the bigger moments against the bigger teams in Europe, you cannot give away errors like that. Um, yeah. but, uh, but thankfully, the team went up in the gears against Aris and we looked good. Yeah. Um, you're on point with your... You're on point with Olympiaco, Steve. I mean, as for Aris, like... They have the one good game and then the next game they just fall apart. I mean, not much to say about them but because this, this is how they are in typical fashion. Um, I mean, look, the, it's the same artist that we've seen. doesn't matter who who's the coach. I mean, right now it's Manzios. Like, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? Seriously? Like, they brought this guy back oh, because he's an art, he was an artist boy back in the day? Mm. Like, seriously? They, I mean, they have no... They have no idea how to run a club. Like, no, and, and it's I, been like and it's been like that for years. Give credit to them when they played us. They did take the game to us, especially in the first half and the beginning of the second half. But after that set, after we went ahead again through El Kabi, that was it. They fell apart, and I think it was a, just a, it's a mentality thing with them. And I think they need to get their confidence back. And I it's still, just no, there's no one, there's no one at the club that knows what it means to be artists. No one at that club. No. Like it's it's all it's all foreigners. And then there's Lazarus. Lazarus. Like what does Lazarus know? He all he cares about is play for the big five clubs. Hey, look at me! I play for the big five clubs. I score for all the Sco- big. Scored five against five every. Clubs. <laughs> scored for the, all the big yeah. five clubs. Yeah. Well, looking at looking at play like that. Jeez. Like, looking at their team, Michael. Not a single Greek in the starting lineup on the bench. There was. Is one Greek? No, two Greeks. There was two Greeks. 
on the bench, and neither of them played. Yep. And and so I and think they just the, and they just yeah. And they just released the Greek player, um, Andonis Aidonis, who joined the summer. He, he just signed. He, he know, just signed. Why did yeah, they terminate his contract? Him? He terminated his contract. He terminated. Yeah. Probably yeah, a lack left. of playing time. Probably. Probably a lack, lack yep. of playing time. What else could it be? Yep. That's what they promised him. And that's the reason why he signed. The, the reason why they signed him is to add more Greek players to the squad. That's the reason he was signed. And he was assigned as a as a third, fourth choice centre-back. And then they signed Malakias. So what's he, what's he going to do? Sit and wait for, for his chance? I would, I would piss off out of there. So good on him. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean... I think we. I'm for me. It. I'm sure it is with everyone else. Has to. It has to be Greek core in your squad in the starting lineup, and f- some good quality foreign players in there too. Not mediocre foreign players or players that I don't know pl- played in their youth team for a big team and didn't make it after that just because they played for a big player team's youth side. Just have a blend of Greek players and foreigners who are experienced and youthful, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, and Addis just haven't done that. They've gone the complete route with just getting foreign players who, like you said, don't understand the kind of qualities and and the mentality to play for a club like Addis. Because Addis, you know, some people might not say they're one of the big clubs in Greece, but they are. They're, the, they're the, probably the fifth biggest club in Greece. Um, and so they need to get players in who know what it means to play for Addis. But who would want to come and play for Addis right now when they're playing like how they are and how they run like they are as well? So there's that question too. I, I guess they can try strengthen in January, but I think I also just think every season when they don't qualify for Europe, that it, it it's such a big killer for them because they want to be in Europe. Of course, all, all the big Greek clubs want to be in Europe. So yeah, they need to get their they need to get themselves sorted, Michael. Internally, it starts from the top and go and has to filter down. Yeah, they're run by another idiot that runs the club. Yeah, what can I say? But he, his wife's a weapon, though, I must say. <laughs> <laughs> he He's probably the, like, Alafuzos cops it, like, for uh, not having a clue and, and all that. He's, he's arguably worse, Garipivis. Yes, he is. Just has no idea. He's put the club in debt. Remember, I mentioned that a while ago, eleven yeah, million euros yeah. in debt. They sold Luis Palma for three uh, mil, three point five, four four million euros, I think, mm. plus add-ons. I mean, that's reduced the debt, but he's put the club in debt with all these foreign players and paying their contracts, releasing them. That's not how you run a club. No. I mean, the more he, the more he gets these foreigners the more of these cases of unpaid wages come up. Like we saw with Mitroglu um, a while back, asking for literally a season's wage. That's that's just massive. And he paid it off. Got a bit this paid it off. Um, but you don't want to hear stuff like that. No. And, you know, what happens when FFP comes down on you, It's they come down hard. Well, not on the elite clubs, but on clubs like Arias, they'll come down hard on them. So they have to be careful to balance their books. And, and it wouldn't be the first time because we did hear that a couple or so years ago uh, where they had the transfer ban because of um, when they signed Dermishai. 
Oh when yeah. Signed, when they signed, it was an illegal transfer. Yeah, it was, wasn't it? It was. Yes. So it wouldn't be the first time we hear it from Artis. Um, look, they're going down the same path again, and well, karma. Sorry. Yep. Yep, Sorry to any Artis fans out there, but that's that's just um, that's how you want to run the club. That's that's the consequences you face. For sure. And there will be punishments from UEFA and such as well. But yeah, good win for Olympiagos, Aris. Hopefully they learn from their mistakes on the pitch and off the pitch as well. Um, next, yeah. And so the next game, this was an exciting one. Bansaraigos, 3-2 against Basjanina. So uh, Cypriot international, Kostas Bilias, scored a penalty in the ninth minute. Um, and two minutes later, that was cancelled out by uh, Bandelagis in the 11th minute. In the 11th minute. Uh, Staigos then scored again for uh, Bansaragos in the 32nd minute. And then the second equaliser just uh, in the second half at the hour mark from um, Zaudzis. Um, and then 90th minute, um, Alexic for Bansaragos got the winner. And then um, they had Bastian and I actually had a sending off just before the end of the game in the sixth minute of added time. But uh, that was how it ended. Very exciting. But uh, Goss, again, just like Gifusia, just a really exciting team to like keep an eye on whenever you see them play, you know. And they're fifth. Bansaragos are fifth in the Super League after yes. six games. Crazy. Guys, give me your thoughts. Yes. Oh, they're playing fantastic football. I mean, uh, well, you know, who's the coach? Pablo Garcia. Um, it, it's no surprise that they're playing this kind of football. And that's exactly that's the exact type of football you sh- you should be playing when you are promote are a promoted side. Um, look on that. Look, if we're going to talk about Bansaray, of course. Okay, nice take, nice well taken penalty by Bilas, but he missed he missed another penalty um, in the second half, which was a shocker. It, I don't think it's I don't think that ball's landed. If I'm being honest with you, um, um, in regards to that Stikos goal. Um, you look at that goal, you're gonna, you wouldn't even think it would go in. Um, all he did was take the shot, and the bus goalkeeper, he just completely misread it. You you look at the replay and you go, is that match fixing? Like he didn't even, he didn't even bother like, like uh, reaching for the ball. It's like he just allowed the ball to go through his hands. And then you see the goalkeeper just put put his hands on his head, just in, hanging his head in shame. Like, oh, boys, you look at that goal, you'll see what I mean. It, big question marks on that. <laughs> you know, all the conspiracies. Let let them fly. Let those conspiracies fly. You know, we 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 always hear about it every round in, in the Greek in um Greek football. Um. I guess those things just happened. It just rolled past the keeper's hands. You just question, is that match-fixing or not? Other than that, Pantadakos uh, played great football. The football on Pascal is pretty stagnant, if I'm being honest with you. They'll, um, it's just that they found the ways to get past the Pantadakos defence and they got their goals, um, well-taken goals, actually. Um, but at the end, it's Pantadakos who came out on top. Alexis with the winner. Um, no pass player spotted his run from the free kick and snuck it away to get the win for his side. 
Um, that's that's my thoughts on the match. And, um, you know, with Bastian in other 10th, so I, I don't think they're in danger of any like of a relegation battle, but they do have to be careful because they haven't won since the opening game of the season. So, yeah, they're, 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 they're scoring the goals, which isn't oh, which is a good thing for them, but defensively, like you said, Michael, it's a suspect. Um, and yeah, are they they are just need to be careful because they I don't think they will go down and I don't think they're one of the favorites to go down, but they have to be careful because you know, very if you don't get your, your, st- your stuff sorted early doors, you're gonna go into a rut and then you're just gonna plumb it no matter what. Um, uh, and- look, look. Like I said, their football is pretty stagnant. Um, yeah, look, it all points to when they lost um, Metaxas as their coach and the assistant took over, the assistant uh, coach took over his role. Um, and all his, and the guy just said, look, I'm sticking with Metaxas philosophy and look, look what's happened. It's going nowhere. Yeah, it's now the second season in, uh, Thanasis Taikos. Yeah, not looking good at all. If he's keeping with that philosophy, he's got to change his ways. Come up with your own ideas, not with others. Yeah, and don't just stick to the same thing. At least add on what was built from the beginning. Um, but yeah, yeah. Bantaragos, good win. They've scored nine goals in three games. So, and they've also, but they've also conceded six. So I guess it's not exactly rock and roll football, but it's probably Buzukia football. I guess because it's Greek football, <laughs> we'll call it Buzukia football <laughs> from Bantaragos. <laughs> Um, and then now we go to the penultimate game. Uh, Asteras hosted Banathanaikos, and it was 4 1 to uh, to you guys, Nigo. Um, Arao in the fifth minute, and then um, Asteras actually equalized two minutes later through uh, uh, Gazzalas. Former player, uh, Galtas, Galtas, yeah, yeah. Galtas, former the sock man, the sock yeah, man. <laughs> And then Verpich scored in the 31st minute to put Bantanagos ahead again. And then he was a super sub, wasn't he, Ioannidis? Um, Super sub, Ioannidis. Yeah, he was. Um, 80th minute, scored a a penalty. And then 87th minute, scored a second. So that made it 4-1 to Bantanagos. And it's your first win, Mike. uh, uh, Not Michael, sorry. You're not a Bantanagos fan. Uh, Nigo, it's your first win away to Asteras in a long time, isn't it? First win at in Tripoli since 2017. Long, long time. <laughs> Longer uh, to than put I that thought. into context, I believe Marcus that was Marcus Berg's last season. Yeah, that long ago. And speaking of Marcus Berg, he's retired now, isn't he's he? He's retired. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Legend of the club uh, for sure. All the best to, to Berg, but yeah, no, nah, it, it's been a very long time. Uh, Mike was a, Mike was an undercover Panathinaik West fan. Come on. <laughs> I want you to Am prove I? you. <laughs> Come on. Am I? No? Come on. No. Surely you got a soft spot for us. No, I'm joking. Yeah, anyway. Maybe. <laughs> uh, as 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 for the game itself, look, this definitely wasn't wasn't a four one kind of game. We did not have it all our own way. They they pushed us. Uh as expected. It's it's a hard place for us to go traditionally. Having fans there helped us. Like there were a lot of benefits. not only behind the post with gate thirteen. Also around the ground as well, so I think that that presence really helped. As I said, it wasn't a four-one game. Yeah, I knew this came on as you said, Steve, as a super sub, and that was the difference. Michael's going to give his thoughts on the penalty. I'll I'll speak about it very quick. Obviously, the initial contact is outside the box when it's at a crucial stage. We're, we're up two-one, 
if the actual infringement from for me happens inside the box, Michael sees it differently. I'll, I'll let him say his piece later. I want to talk about though. Ioannidis's for our second goal, the fourth goal uh, for, for us, bomb goal, bomb bomb goal. I don't know if you guys have seen it from some distance, yeah. be- beating the keeper yeah. when he was off his line. Really, really good finish, and he's adding goals to his game now. Ioannidis. Sky's the limit for him, as as I kept saying last season. If he can add goals to his game, it, look, he's probably going to get us. He's going to yield us ten million at this rate. If he keeps going, there's no reason why we can't exceed that and get closer to fifteen. He's honestly phenomenal because he's an all round player. It's not just the goals with you on uh, Look for us, it's a double win. When I what I what I mean by it, winning on both fronts, not only did we win the game, we rotated heavily a lot more than what I expected. To the point where Brignoli even sat this out. Lodigin uh, played for us in goals. If we're talking backup keepers, uh, outstanding for a backup keeper, very, very good. He didn't look out of place at all. And he knows the, uh, the league inside out in Greece. And yeah, all around, Palmer Brown got a start. He then came off. Uh, Schenkerville replaced him, which is look, we got so many games. We've had so many big games. We had Ike and Villarreal. I was worried about a, a rotated side here struggling, but we held our own and got the win. But we've got big games coming up. We've got, as we said, bulk in the derby at Leoforos. We've also then got the Europa League, Israel. We've got an away game coming up uh, this time next week almost in the Europa League. So it's bit, we've had big games. We've got big games coming up. Jovanovic has to work with what he's got. As we know, our, compared to the rest of the, the big four, our budget's head and shoulders by a mile. It's the lowest. Our, our resources are limited compared to our rivals. So Jovanovic just has to keep plugging away. I don't think he's going to change his system with the Magnussen uh, ACL that we touched on last episode. But what I like the most and what fills me with promise is Jovanovic post-game in his press conference, not only did he name-check uh, Siveras and Fikai, who we all expected to come in as the fourth-choice centre-back now, also other kids that, are, that no one's really ever heard of from the B team, like 18-year-olds. So... Hopefully, because that's been a, a criticism level that Jovanovic, he hasn't really trusted the youth much. Vajanidis had to be patient, bide his time. He's going to hopefully be back soon for us. Even Forti had, had to be patient and bide his time as well. But now, for me, he's our undisputed first choice up front. Um, one final point on this, and then I'll let Michael take it away with the penalty incident. I mentioned that we we lost to Oak at home, where we won that in the corresponding fixture last season. We we we're back on parity now because we lost to Tripoli last season, and our next game coming up is against Bulk, who we lost to in the league last season. So if we can win that, we're th- actually three points ahead of where we were last season. Hmm. So let's see. Good win for Bathanagos, obviously, but Michael, as Nick entailed, the penalty was a well, controversial one. It was a controversial one until the the next game we're going to talk about. <laughs> um, so, Michael, give your thoughts on the penalty decision. Okay, the rule is is that if contact, if if shirt pulling is made from outside the box and and is continuous to inside the box, it's a penalty. But in this case, I've watched the replay three times. That's not the case. Yes, con- contact started from outside the box, but was it continuous? No. Because Sporta, if anyone can see the replay, look at Sporta's body. He pulls himself into the box. And that convinced the referee to point to the spot. That is not a penalty. 
that's that is my view of it. I don't think it's a penalty at all. Yeah, it's just um, we 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 keep on talking about this every week with referees. Yeah, what 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 can you do? There's just no end to it for me. I, I'm going to say it again. That is not a penalty. But then again, look, take nothing away from Barcelona. Of course, that's a that's a very good win. But that that um for me just overshadows it with the con. It's just every week, every week we come we we see a blunder from a referee. Yeah, what can we say? And and I think the I, I know we'll go into this in the next game because there's a lot of issue there's a lot of people issues people have with the, the game against Adromidos. Um, is it the quality of referees that we have in this country? Because we've said about getting top level foreign referees for derbies. Um, and I'm not suggesting we get top level foreign referees for every single game because I don't think that's realistic for Greek football. Because one, Ebo won't spend the budget, and two, it's just not necessary. Um, uh, but but the, the uh, Greek... Steve, let me Steve, just... let me add in. Go for it. Go for uh, it. Epa have Epa have the budget to you know repaint the ethnic e bus. <laughs> if anyone saw the news on that, no, I didn't. <laughs> that's good. That's good. At least there's something that they yeah. they're focusing that, on. They have the budget for that, but they can't put a um a proper referee uh, training programs around the country. That just says it all. And this is the problem because uh, we, we, like I've said, I said in the last episode, we have one or two referees that are considered top level referees by UEFA standards who have, who have officiated uh, numerous European fixtures um, on the continent, but the referees that primarily operate domestically in Greece just I think that there's, I don't understand how with VAR as well, that helps them do their job better. And this is a problem that is in a lot of countries, particularly in the Premier League. <laughs> um, I don't understand how they can get these kind of decisions. Um, well, not not get 100% on these decisions because it's not about whether you the, the audience thinks it's wrong or right. It's the referee who has to make that decision. And, and you know, these calls matter ultimately in the season for multiple teams. Um, so yeah, I, I think that there needs to be looked at with the <laughs> officiating quality in this country, but that's that's me uh, dreaming, I guess. Um, any last thoughts on this game before we move on? No, not really. As I said, we we rotated heavily, which is going to hopefully keep us in good stead. I mean, it wasn't just Lodigin, like Palmer Brown as well. Aral came in, Pe- Ruben Perez came out it, on all fronts. Really, there were the the fringe players, more not fringe, but We've got more depth now, and those players mm. that we haven't seen much of, Mladenovic, but uh, like one guard should be back for the bulk game. Like I'm just there. Yeah, we 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 rotated, and, and also uh, Michael will confirm. But that was Kotsiras was our captain, basically. That that was the that was the extent of it, basically. And I think that's the first time he's captained us. Oh, I I don't really pay attention who's captain. Uh, I think I'm, I'm pretty sure off the top of my head that's the first time he's captained us. I can't remember it happening okay. any other time. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, like I said, good win for Banthanaikos. Probably deserved winners overall, you know, despite the the penalty uh, question from from a lot of people. Um, yeah, and look, yeah. we, we were two one up, so deserved as you said, but it, it was a hard slog this game. Don't, don't let the scoreline fool you. Sure. And uh, speaking of um, <laughs> the final game of the round and the, the most controversial of the season so far, why is it always against Adromitos as well? I Athens two one winners over um, Adromitos in the Athens derby. <laughs> Not really. Um, 
So, so uh, three penalties in this game uh, for both to, uh, for, um, in total. So, uh, Nordin Amrabat scored a penalty in the 31st minute, um, and Ayak won a lot for the vast majority of the game. Um, and then Jibril Sidibe was sent off in the 88th minute um, to put Ayak down to 10 men, um, and Adolmitos were given a penalty, and uh, Angeliski scored in the 89th minute to equalise. And it was going to be a draw until the very last dying moments of the game uh, where another penalty was given for Ayek and Garcinovic scored in the 95th minute to give Ayek the 2-1 win. I mean, judging by the stats, before we go into the controversies, just based on the stats, you Ayek looked like they probably were, the, were good to win this game, but they just couldn't convert their chances from what Greg was saying. They had 21 shots, seven on target, 63% possession, 88% pass accuracy. So they very much dominated this game. <clears throat> so it's not about, it's not about saying it before we go into the, these incidents that Ayek didn't deserve to win based on how they performed, but it's just the incidents that came from this game are, um, uh, interesting let's say uh so guys thoughts on the, everything that came out with this the the photos of the of the var line from the from the corner the uh the amazing amazing performance from Pedro mandalas on the floor um <laughs> that's number two brought down that's I, number two i believe there's something else i'm missing nico is there something else i'm missing nah they're, they're the two main ones for me the the big whopper the howler and all this is what you said uh, Number one was the the uh, the offsides, the lines. That's just horrendous in cap with capitals. And there, the Mandalos. I've always said I, I can't stand the guy. He's always rubbed me the wrong way. And another another example of that. Um, but yeah, that the big one is that offside one. That that's just well, yeah, Greek football. Mm. And 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 obviously we we we'll try be as. Um, well, not, we'll try to be as unbiased as possible because obviously Greg's not here to defend his team and I think we would need a caveat to us kind of talking about these decisions and also it's not about kind of what everyone else has been saying online where it's been like oh tinfoil hats you know Ike uh, Ebo are uh, uh, letting Ike win this that and the other match fixing corruption etc it, it I think the first and foremost point has to be about the officiating and the fact that these decisions were made and the refereeing in this game sounded like it was horrendous, and and ju uh, just based on the decisions that were made, um, and so it, again, it, that's what my point from the previous game. It's down to the quality of officiating in in the Greek Super League in general to allow these decisions to to go ahead um, when it might not with a better referee potentially. And obviously, as much as I joke about it being an Athens derby, it's not an Athens derby because. It's Adromitos, no, no disrespect to them. They're not a, a big rival for Ike, so why would there be a top-level foreign referee in this game? You know, so uh, guys, go ahead, give give me your thoughts. <laughs> um, yeah, look, you look we, fired we, up. Do I look fired up? That's we've seen that in the past, haven't we, Nico? We have, we have, we have seen that in the past. Maybe you want to bring up that game. Well, which one? Oh, the the you're talking the offside. Yes, I know what you're talking about. Oh God, I I still yeah. think that other it's... one that you're referring to is even worse than this one. I I still believe that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking um, about the Panathinaikos I... Olympiakos derby from 2011. That is exactly what I'm refer referencing. 
Uh, but yeah. this one is this one is even worse because it involves VAR. They drew up the yeah. line, and yeah. you and uh, they're expecting us to. See, they're expecting us to yeah, see fair, fair. a gap with the blue line and a red line. Can anyone tell me where is the red line? Yeah, the red no, line that, that, shows the fair. offside. Where is it? Where is it? Yeah. Where, where is where's the offside that shows? That Erling Mark, the Akromatos player that scored the goal, there is no offside. Is offside. Look, I, there, there I understand is no offside. when. Look, I understand the rule. If the goal scorer is um, uh, uh, past the goalkeeper's mark, I know that's offside. I know that rule. But how can you tell the difference nah. with the red line and the blue line? Where is it? Yeah, no, nah, there, there's this no is the offside. problem. It's I know we've talked about the Greek fo- the Greek football referees. We know how bad they are. How bad was VAR on in this instance? It is bad, even worse than this. There's not enough angle. At least show us an angle that Erling Mark is just past the goalkeeper, and then this wouldn't be a discussion at the end. We would not be talking about this right now. This no no Greek media outlet would be mentioning this at all. We have the the fat pig over at Olympiakos, Karapapas or Karapaparas. Oh, don't I get me started. Did you see what he said? The one thing I agree with him on, Baltakistan. That's all I agree with on, with him on. That is that is it. I can't believe I agree with him on that. I never agree with him most of the time, but on that I do. Um, like that is just insane. It is pathetic. And that that just um, overshadows a, you know, overshadows an Ike win, which they deservedly, deservedly win, won it anyway, um, because of their performance. As much as I think they should have taken their chances properly, um, it's moments like that that just overshadows not only a win but just the game in general. How can you say that's offside? A perfectly clear goal, ruled out. Because uh, because your little um, rusty little dirty toenail is just offside. How can yeah, you no, tell well, that well, what you from, said, the, from the when, replay? When they get the lines out, and that's just what lines what what offside as you as you're alluding to the one that 2011 yeah. one okay there was no VAR back then that one there were three Olympiacos players keeping keeping it was Katsuranis on on side. But it gets given yes. as offside, whereas this one they got VAR in the lines. Yeah, how how can the, how can these mistakes yeah. be repeated? No, there's no They're repeated even with VAR. It's just for me that that's a perfectly clear goal for Atromitos. Um, I remember what, saying what, when VAR before VAR came in, before VAR came in, I I remember those days, and I was saying if it comes in, there's going to be more controversy because there's going to be more conspiracy theories that certain clubs are going to be getting favoured by VAR. Yeah, I mean it's it's done nothing. I mean, yes, we we get the obvious, you know, um, some some other um, infringements that happen outside of of a goal scoring opportunity, a goal scoring, you know, some goals that have been scored. Well, I get that 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 that's good to pick things up. Okay, there was a foul there. It's an infringement on the on the goal. I I, I totally get that. We see we see that around the world. Um, I'm just glad they picked up on that. But 
how, how, I just can't understand how he, how he can drop an offside on, on this goal. It look, it's just it's just madness. It's really madness. I mean, we as much as I don't want to talk about this anymore, um, we got another another thing we to talk about. Mandalos. That that's another that's another pathetic thing to do, considering he's a leader of that club. And he also plays for our national team, which he's also one of the captains of the national team. And he pulls off that shit to win the penalty. Rightfully awarded, by the way. Don't get me wrong. All three penalties in this game, to Ayek and to Atronovitos, were all 100% penalties. My problem with this is, Mandolas is the one that's fouled. He goes to the ground. Yeah, yeah. And the camera gets a good shot of him. A fantastic shot. Whoever's the cameraman... I want to meet him and say, man, you're a legend. <laughs> if I was the referee, I would fucking send Mandalos off for that shit and just give yeah. Atromitos the free kick. Yeah. How can this guy, how can no, this guy get what instead of the leader? Yeah. And he pulls off that shit. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Well, he's, he's, smiling, he's, smiling, he's, he's smiling the, the ground. Yeah, he's part of that failed generation. He's a couple of years older than the Bacasetas and Kurberis, but you know what I mean? He's that, that age group. The sooner we're done with them, more the better. And uh, I, look, I've, I said it before with him. I've said it lots of times on here over the years. I, I don't like the guy. He's said other things. He's done other things in the past. I won't get it. Yeah. Anyway. I, I think I, I understand your frustration, Michael, because it's not about the, the penalty decision being given. It With, with Mandalos doing something like that, it, makes, it feels manipulative. It's like a manipulation of, of, of the referee to get a decision, even though... The foul that that then ensued with the penalty was the correct thing, but but then it feels like it feels like he's got one. You know, it's a bit of a, the dark arts, as as they say in football. You know, I think there yeah. was that there was that video of David Luiz, you know, clasping his face, but then when when you when he moves his hand, you can see that he's smiling. You know, there's there's these things that happen in football. It's the same with like I don't know, I'm re- referencing Brazilian again, but Rivaldo in the World Cup. You know, that was yeah. That that was manipulation of the game um, to get a to get a favorable decision. I, 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 yeah. but like I said, the penalty was the correct decision, but the but what Mandolos did is unprofessional. But he he won't get reprimanded for it, you know. And no, of I, course not. Even in the Premier League, that, that something like that wouldn't necessarily get reprimanded. Well, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's different. It'd be different in the Prem, but I don't think there would be any punishment for something like that. But you'd feel there's you feel like there's an injustice whereby. Oh, he's he's done that, and it and it's just a, a bit a bit of shit of him to be honest. So yeah, yeah, I can see that. But, it, but yeah, at least it's created a meme out of it. You know, there's yeah. some <laughs> some funny shit I see on Twitter. Um, one I saw one post go, "Oh, when you're in terrible pain, but then you realize you have pasticcio in the fridge." <laughs> <laughs> I, that good. that for me. <laughs> When I saw that post, that that for me was the top post. I've seen that to me. I haven't seen that one. That's great. I haven't right. seen that one. Send me I, that. I saw one. Send me that. I saw Thanks. one where it goes, you're, you, you've got school coming up, but then you realise you're off for the first hour of the day. you got a free period. <laughs> Oh, that's good. I I need to right. I need. I'm gonna search for all of these memes when I'm a bit done here. Um, oh, yeah. it's all it's all over Twitter. If anyone's wondering, even Instagram too, and Facebook. Well, any pod, any platform that you that you have, I guess. Um, 
but yeah, look, like I said, it's... Oh, but... go for it, Mike. But, by the way, when is the when is the next um, Emmy Awards? <laughs> oh, sorry, Oscar <laughs> Awards. Actually, both. When's the Emmys? When's the Oscars? <laughs> uh, I'm sure Mandalos will be up for a nomination. Best performing actor in a foreign film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He'd have Pedence would be in there for that one a couple of weeks back. Yeah, but Pedence gets a free pass, doesn't he, Nigo? You know, he's Superman. You know, he's got like superpowers. <laughs> he's, got, he's got his mates behind him. Uh, well, what is he the money up to steal the president? What? Uh, of, uh, what, what? What's his title now? What, Olivia No, the Super League. What, what's? Oh, he's president of the Super League, yeah. He's president yeah, of the Yeah, like, league. is that not a conflict in itself? Yeah, of course it is. But we've said that before. Me and George have both said that. Of course it is. Yeah. No, no, it I'm, I'm not, I'm not yeah. taking away from what Michael's saying in the whole, like, this Mandalus. I'm just saying, pointing out one of a billion issues with the gaming grace. Yeah, exactly. But the, but I guess, yeah, yeah it, 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 these are these are things that need to be sorted out in Greek football as a whole. And, and look, going back to the Adromitos uh, game, I deserve to win this game, but just... It's a shame that controversy comes back because you know this is what's going to be reported in the rest of the world, and it's going to be oh yeah, more more stuff in Greek football to ah their their league is really rubbish, and everyone else's is great, even though there's loads of corruption that goes under unchecked, um, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, you know, it's not like other big teams around the world have been endowed in controversy um, in the last week or so, um, and it's definitely not Barcelona. Um, so yeah, we we uh, we uh, fi- fin- we finish our uh, roundup of this round of uh, fixtures. Uh, we'll quickly go to the table before we look at the other games. Uh, so Olympiagos top of the table at sixteen points. Bark in second uh, with thirteen. Banathanaigos in third with twelve. Ayak in fourth with eleven. Uh, Bansaraigos and Offi both on nine points. Um, Aris and Asteras both on seven points. Lamia in ninth with six points. Uh, Basianina and Gifisia on five points. Anadolikos, third from bottom, are uh, on three points. Adromitos and Volos, both second and, bo- and bottom of the table, respectively, on two points. And both of those, the bottom three are still without a win this season. Um, so we'll quickly do a roundup of the weekend fixtures of the Super League. Um, Lamia host uh, Banadolikos. Uh, Volos host Bansaraigos and I, I guess at relegation six pointer now because Volos having a bad start to the season. Um, Aris uh, host Gipisia. Um, the big one, uh, Bansaraigos host uh, Balk at Leoforos. Olympiagos go to Basianina. Um, Adromitos host Asteras and Ofi host Aik. So tough place for Aik to go on Monday as well. So I get a day less of rest before they play in the Europa League. Um, the, against Freiburg, we, not Freiburg. We play Freiburg against Frankfurt. Sorry, wrong German team. Um, so that's an interesting one that I have one. I I know that I played a day later, but it's interesting that I have less days to prepare. But yeah, some good games in there, guys. It's particularly the 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 one for you, Nico, against Bar. Yeah. No, I'm I'm expecting a very hard game. As I touched on earlier, they came to Leoforos and not, not only beat us last season. They they ran out deserved winners. They've improved since then, and back then they ended a like, twelve months, whatever it was. We went undefeated at Little Fortress. They ended a long streak back then. I'm expecting a, a very hard game, but if we can, as I said, we rotated, so hopefully, yeah, the 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 usuals come back in and the usual faces come back in, and they they get a start. 
um, it's it's going to be hard. If, if we're good enough to get a win, we've, we're actually three points ahead of where we were last season. And, uh, corresponding fixtures. Yeah, and it's always good to win those derbies as well against your bitter rivals. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, Absolutely. I guess other ones that stick out, like I said, Bastianina hosting Olympiagos. Um, yeah. I- I that's yeah that uh, is a big one. Off is always a tough place to go. Yeah. Uh, look, well, we, more we've already we've problems. Gone, they've all they yeah, they get decisions last season. Bastianino. We we've gone to Yana now already and won. Bulk had an easy time of it as well. Should I, be I, okay. I don't think it's going to be too different. Yeah, I, I expect rotation from Diego Martinez because we have uh, we play that must win game against uh, Baja Topola in the Europa League when we travel to Serbia. So. I, I expect a bit of rotation from from him after midweek, um, and yeah, the, the the other big one is obviously Offi Ayek because Offi great place, That's to, a big one. tough place to go. Ayek, it's a it's a decent test for them. Um, so yeah, good good round of fixtures there. And we'll we'll go we'll focus on the European games next week when we round off these results as well. And so just to end off, uh, we'll quickly go quickly. I'll just off. add I'll just add in. I'll just add in. That's that's pathetic that Ike are uh, playing on a Monday compared to Panathinaikos, Balk, Olympiakos playing the day before. And these four clubs have um, European fixtures midweek. Um, I think I-, I should be raging about that. And I should I should be calling this out. Should be no Monday games at all. Put start putting some Friday games and span it out just to just until Sunday. Have th- yeah. these Monday games just sometimes ruin it? Did yeah? Look, I, I, I'm probably wrong with this. I'm just throwing it out because I know their their coach requested or the club requested the game against us that was played on a Monday that got pushed back a day, and that threw every, their, their yeah. all their their remaining games out. That's why they they played on the Friday morning our time here in Australia. So did we. I'm guessing that's why to give them a longer break from that one. Just, just throwing it out. I there. guess so. Yeah. Um, I I, I I but I also see, caveat what you said, Michael. Is I, I guess if they do have Friday fixtures, a lot of the big teams won't be able to play anyway because they'll all be in the Europa League on the Thursday. The day before, so yeah. Aris would be the probably the biggest club that we could play on a Friday if they ever did that. I mean, it would it makes more sense to have games on a Friday than a Monday. I agree with you, but I think the big teams won't be able to play on Friday anyway. Um, not unless you want to play the B team against <laughs> in the Super League. Um, but yeah, um, I guess now we'll go to Greeks, a, a quick, quick Greeks abroad. Um, so obviously, uh, Gustav Simikas got another game for Liverpool in the League Cup against Leicester City. I believe Liverpool won that 3-1, didn't they, Michael? And he uh, he looked pretty good, didn't he? He was very good. Um, he got himself an assist. Um, what more can you ask? Um, did his job as he's exactly asked to at left-back. Just another Simikas performance. And he's he's going to get games now. He's, there's big fix, big fixtures coming up for Liverpool. They've got a, they got a busy schedule ahead. Um, so, yeah, it's nice to see him up and running finally. Mm. And and like I said last episode, he won't play against Tottenham, uh, but I assume he'll play at home to Union Saint-Gilois in the uh, Europa League. Yes. So hopefully he gets a game there. Um, and then Bavlidis boys continues the scoring form, ridiculous scoring form at that for Ezad Alkmaar. Um, so good for him. Uh, please do that for Greece at some point, mate. I really need it. Um, although, like, like you said, Nico, you, I knew this might be challenging him for the F for the starting striker role. Um, do you think, or do you yeah. think Poyet will? I hope so. Keep rotating between no, those look, two. 
No, I think you're, you're, the the lad is more realistic. But yeah, has his favourites. Personally, I'd love to see Ioannidis get a get a run out. Starting, he deserves it. Yeah, good. And look, it's good for him. Might get a step up to an even bigger club next season. Although, like we've I've said before, Eda Divise is in a very good place at the moment with their coefficient ranking. Um, so you know, maybe he's already in a very good league. <laughs> well, um, and so lastly, we'll go to uh young uh Greek um player Konstantinos Garitsas. Gar- is it Garitsas? Is that how you say Garitsas. Garitsas. So he is, can potentially play for Greece and Belgium. Uh the Belgium FA being very interested in him isn't is good because it means that he's probably a very highly rated young player and he currently plays for uh Genk. So, Michael, it's an exciting one. While Belgium are a very strong outfit, obviously, uh, in the last decade or so where Greece haven't been, is there any chance that if Ebor get off their asses and try to get him, that, that they could have him as a potential Greek international? Well, after Ebor handling uh, the Stergio case, who chose Switzerland long before uh, Ebor inquired for his services, and... Nothing's been said about Christos Zafiris, uh, the midfielder for Slavia Prague, about him choosing Greece over Norway. And he's born in he's born and raised in Greece, uh, Zafiris, but he's played for most of the he's played for all the Norway youth teams. But he's yet to be capped by the senior team. We we do have a chance of capping him, but it's slim chance. So uh, he's going to choose Norway, I believe, but. We have to snap up this kid, Karatsas. If we got to start bringing him in into the fold of the Greek youth teams, um, which the Greek youth teams at the moment they're up and down, but still you got to have, you got to start reeling in these youngsters into our youth teams, no matter what. Doesn't matter where they are: Belgium, Netherlands, the Fran- uh, France, Germany. Which most of them, most of some, some young Greek, some young Greeks are in Germany, by the way, and they could be capped into our youth teams. So, Epo need to start making moves now before we lose another talented player. Um, And he's an attacking midfielder as well, which is a position that, it's not that we haven't got a lot of depth in there, bro, but in that role, but now that Costas Fortunis is is retired, um, you know, there needs to be kind of a shift in that position. Um, And maybe he could be, he could, if if Epo actually try and get him to become a Greek international, he could be the long-term successor, you know, if he's as talented as as the Belgians uh, claim that he is. So hopefully Epo get off their asses. And I I hate to say this, but I feel like it's similar to how, it's similar to Greek Greek diaspora or Greeks who have moved elsewhere who are footballers who could potentially play for the national team. I fear that it's the same thing that, that domestic Greek players get where in, in their clubs, whereby it's the mentality of, if you are not the finished article by the time you're 19 or 20, you're not going to even get a look in. Because they have, Ebo have managed to get people, uh, Greeks born outside of Greece, like Vlako Dimos, who was obviously born in Germany. Um, that was a big one. Play. But that, that's my point, Nigar. The point is that he, he was he already like a top, top player. He was already he was a top, top player. for Germany, youth, youth levels. Mm. But, when he was but, playing for us, he was playing for Germany. But, my, but my point is, he was already a, like a fully-fledged senior player who was playing top-level football with Benfica yeah. before 
um, Ebor decided to pick him. And I feel like they picked him because he's already playing top-level football and they haven't. And they need to give those players a chance who aren't necessarily there yet to even have a chance to play for Greece in the first place. That's my point. You know what? You might be right. I, th- I thought he might he might have made his ethnic debut when you're still playing for Panathinaikos, but you might be right. I think so. I could be wrong. Yeah, you, but... you, you might be on. You might be on the money. I'm just trying to piece no, the he's... timeline together no, in my he, head. He first got capped by Greece when he, he moved to Benfica. So the moment okay. he moved to Benfica, that's when that's when Epo started making moves. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I just feel like that. That's because he he had signed with Benfica twelve months in advance. Don't forget, and yeah. he, he stayed he stayed an extra year at Panathinaikos back then. So yeah, I guess I guess hopefully hopefully we can get this kid up and running for the Greek national team. I mean, he's only fifteen, so it's it's still very very. He might not even he's make still it. Got, yeah, he's still got he's, loads of he's time. Still got a cho- still got a choice though. Yeah, I mean, let's not get things. Let's not go over the top here. But look, if 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 it's true what the media are saying about him, and that he's the next big thing, um, might as well tap him up, go for it. Yeah. But then, then again, knowing our knowing our federation, those Malakias are just debilitants. Look how they handled um Stergil, chose Switzerland long before we inquired for him. He had it locked in. He had his eyes on Switzerland since he was a kid. And Zafiris, who Zafiris looks set on Norway. So that's another one we've lost, practically. And look, there's probably another one that's going to pop up out of nowhere, not just this kid got its ass. But if we lose out on this kid, as the media have been saying, how good he is, man, what can I say about our federation? What more can I say? We're just in the mud. Yeah, yeah. Can't handle these cases because, like we said, like you said, Michael, even the players that are caps for Greece at youth level, they're talented, but then because they're not given the the senior football to kind of develop, they're starting to kind of fall behind a bit again, and it's a bit up and down. And yes, it, it was good. They that the was it the under twenty ones who qualified for a major tournament? Or was the under nineteens recently? It, I I completely under nineteen twenty ones. Was it twenty? What was it? Uh... The 21s also had a major tournament, but Greece didn't make it. Yeah. Yes. So, that, well, yeah. it was good that one of our youth sides reached a major tournament, but then once they got there, they literally did nothing. <laughs> and worse, worse than nothing. Uh, yeah, Iceland, Spain, and Norway, Portugal, or something like that. Norway, yeah. Yeah. Norway. So, yeah, th- th- these these issues need to be ironed out by Greek football and the people running it. Will it? Probably not. But hopefully, maybe one day. Um. So, yeah, with that, guys, I guess we... We end things there. So thank you so much for listening. Um, and once again, thank you so much for 10,000 followers on Twitter because it is massive for us. And we will just keep on doing what we're doing because we love what we do. We love the game, despite the fact that it's crazy because there's the good moments and bad moments that we we enjoy just as much. Um, and so, yeah, c- please uh, continue to recommend as many people as you can to all of our social media platforms because we are on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. And we have the, the website as well where we post all our blogs. Um, and keep uh, recommending the podcast as well. Keep uh, get, getting people to give us five-star reviews because that bumps us up and it's really, really helpful. And we are on every podcast platform you can think of. Um, and so, yeah, guys, thank you so much for joining me today. Michael and Nigo, thank you for joining me for some more Greek football chat. No worries. See you next time. Yeah. Bring yeah. on the weekend. Exactly. And we'll we'll probably we'll, we'll be back once all the weekend fixtures are finished and we'll talk about Europe as well next week. So 
Thanks a lot, guys, and we'll see you next time.